To flee or not to flee, that is the question. No doubt fresh in our minds today are the images of the once beautiful little town of Gatlinburg and the dreadful tragedy that struck this neighborhood over this past week. Over a matter of hours, a small wildfire burning in the mountains, swept down by the strong winds into a firestorm, overtook the town, burning hundreds of homes, cabins, and businesses, and leaving death and untold destruction in its path. With only a few minutes' notice, 14,000 residents fled their homes, braving the fire and smoke along the road to safety. Many more were trapped in their hotels, in their homes, or in their cars, as the fire raged around them and blocked off their only path to escape. Many lost their homes. Some lost their lives, or those of their loved ones. All have come away with harrowing tales of escape and haunting memories. Memories that are perhaps the only thing that remains of their once lovely mountain homes. You know, a remarkable story of survival emerged this week. It involved a couple in their 80s. You may have read the story in the news. Daryl and Robert Hollander had been married for 57 years. They operated a small bed and breakfast in Gatlinburg. When they heard the warning, the fire was already burning through their neighborhood. They had only a few moments to get out. It was already too late to drive. They were trapped. So they took their only option. They escaped on foot. We were 82 years old, they said. Going down a mountain was not on the exercise list, Daryl Hollander said. Fire was blowing across the road, so I didn't know another way to get out from where we were easily, Robert said. So you just cover up your mouth, and we run straight through it. It was the only reasonable way to go. Down a hill, in the darkness, they had to feel their way down. You had to put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. And if you fall, you get up and keep going. Once they got going, they found out that they were calm. They weren't panicky or scared. They focused on keeping going. They lost everything. But they survived with only a few scratches. These are the only clothes I own, Daryl said. However, they still have each other. It's just things, you know. You can't buy your body, but you can buy things. So you, don't just, you just don't fret about what you've lost, Robert Hollander said. We're shocked and amazed by the stories of tragedy and heroism. And they're brought even closer to home by the haze and smoke that hung in our own streets and mountain hollers here over the past few weeks. But for the grace of God, their fate could well have been ours right here in Stearns. And I think we're all thinking about that over this past week. When danger threatens, what is our natural human response? What do we want to do? We share it with many animals, fight or flight. But you know, a lot of times the question looms to where do I flee? Where can I run? Like the squirrel in the middle of the road as you're coming down with the car. This way or that way. <laughs> our house, like I, I know a lot of you are in the same situation, our house is right in the middle of the woods. We live on a dead-end road. There's only one way out, and guess what? 
It's through the woods. Where would we go? A fire could easily trap us in and we'd have no way of escape. Of course, now fire, though that is definitely on our minds this last week, fire is not the only threat that faces the human family. I've spoken about this before, but if you just think and look at some of the images on the news of the thousands, yes, millions of people who have had to flee their homes over the last few years because of war, because of persecution, because of famine, and they flee, they flee their homes and they flee their country in their quest for safety. But so often their quest is arrested. Where can we go, they ask. And more and more and more their options are limited. We naturally fear those who are different from us. And too often we shut up these men, women, and children in refugee camps that are often worse than prisons. Or worse yet, we turn them around and send them right back into the dangers that they fled from in their homelands to face danger and almost certainly death. What a tragedy. And we in a land where many claim to be Christians clamor to secure our borders and send away all those whose skin is a different color or who pray in a different language or who call God by a different name. But I digress. I I don't mean to get political in the pulpit. (laughs) But it does concern me that we as a nation have become so calloused to human need and suffering. And I appeal to each one of you as individuals, as a church, as citizens, to do what we can, the little bit that we can, to help to make the world a better place for those who are less advantaged than us. You know, even Jesus knew what it was like to have to run for his life. You know, we don't think about it a lot. We talk about the Christmas story, the beautiful baby Jesus born in a beautiful manger in Bethlehem. And of course, it's always beautiful and there's no smelly um, other stuff that comes out of the animals or anything like that. It's always beautiful and perfect. We talk about the baby Jesus and born in the manger in Bethlehem. But you know, it wasn't too long after he was born in the manger that he and Mary and Joseph had to run for their lives and not just run from Bethlehem. They had to run all the way to the land of Egypt. We find it in Matthew 2. We skip right over these verses sometimes, it seems. Matthew 2, verses, verse 13. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Yes, friends, even Jesus Christ knew what it was like to have to flee for his life. Jesus was a refugee. Even during his ministry, of course, he returned back to Israel as a child and grew up in the town of Nazareth. We know the story. But even during his ministry, Jesus did not live in wealth at ease. He told his disciples in Matthew 8, verse 20, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Nowhere to lay his head. How many of you, if I were to ask, 
have a pretty good idea that you've got a home to go back to tonight? How many of you are thankful for that home to go back to at night? <laughs> Amen? A bed with a, with a pillow that's more than a stone to lay your head on? Most of us here aren't fleeing an imminent physical danger. But how many people do you know who are struggling in their lives at home? Perhaps their marriage is falling apart. Perhaps their finances are in a wreck. Perhaps they've lost members of their family to death or disease or some other tragedy. This, this stress brings on that same instinctive response, this fight-or-flight response when we, when we undergo this kind of stress. And so many people today are looking for a way to escape. Men, women, and even young children turn to alcohol and drugs, and these wreak havoc on families and on our society. Many more are looking for perhaps a more socially acceptable means of escape. And so we find it through music, video games, relationships. What about Facebook? Or even 101 other ways of escaping from reality, of ignoring the troubles at hand, and living in someone else's life. We try as we might to escape the realities of life. But the problem is when you put down the bottle, turn down the music, shut off the Wi-Fi, or break off that relationship, the problems of life are still there and bigger than ever. We wake up from our dreams and realize that our lives are little more than the burned-out shells of Gatlinburg, hollow, empty relics of what they once were meant to be. And so we long to flee. But to where can we flee? Yes, we may be able to outrun a forest fire. We may even be able to escape a repressive nation. But what if the danger that we flee lies within ourselves? What if the danger attaches itself to us so that wherever we flee, we bring it right along with us? Are we being weighed down with a dangerous kind of baggage? so to speak, so that everywhere we turn to make a new start in life, we run into the same problems we just ran away from? You may be thinking right now of some people that you know that are like that. Perhaps you feel like that describes yourself. I know it describes me sometimes. I'll tell you a little story. When I was young, as you know, my family moved a lot. Before I was born, my parents left California, and for the next 14 years, I guess you could say we never really put down roots. Not all that much. I was born in Kansas, just happened to be where my parents lived at the time, as was my brother Timothy, but I never remember it. My family moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana when I was very young. Then after a year, they moved to Shreveport, Louisiana, where my maternal grandparents still live. We lived there for about four years. Then Dad got a teaching job in Washington State, so across the country we moved again, where we lived for five years. Then we lived a, a year in Canada. Now, that was quite the experience, I have to say, living in a different country. And finally, we moved to Kentucky. I wouldn't say, per se, that we were running away from our problems, 
but we did stay on the move. Good thing is dad always had a job, even if he had to go across the country to get one. <laughs> you know, even as a child, I looked forward to moving. I think a big part of it, of course, as a kid, was the sense of adventure. I didn't have to pack the boxes. I didn't really, you know, it was just the excitement of looking forward to something new. But I do remember at each move, looking forward to getting rid of the, the problems that I or, or my family happened to face. Perhaps there was something weird or uncomfortable about our living situation or the cranky neighbors or maybe even the church service would, would make us feel uncomfortable or out of place. And I, in my young mind, I was always optimistic that things would be better if we would just leave and get away and move, move and leave it all behind us. And so after my family settled in Kentucky, I didn't stop having itchy feet. For anyone who looks at me, you'd think I was pretty easygoing, pretty content to stay put. I guess in some respects I am. Uh, I also have a, uh, a mom and then later a wife, neither one of, which, of whom ever want to move across the country again. <laughs> uh, even still, I'm the one that's always optimistic about change. Changing jobs, starting a new venture. If I don't like something, I'll be the first to try something else and or try to fix it. You know, one of my dad's favorite sayings, and he used to remind me of it a lot. He would say, son, you can run, but you can't hide. You know, there's a lot of truth to that. And I've found that sometimes there are things, things in our life that we'd like to run away from, but try as we might. They always seem to catch up with us. You know, it's things like our past. You ever heard it said that your past can come back to haunt you? It can be true in a lot of ways. Debt, collection agencies, credit scores. I mean, you can't run away from those kind of things. What about a record with the law? That's hard to get away from. Then there's probably those people that you wish you'd never have to see again. People that know too much about you. You just wish sometimes maybe they'd go away. But if they, even if they weren't around, you would still know and the guilty conscience would haunt you. Then there's the physical maladies that weigh us down. The, things that, the sicknesses that affect both our bodies and our minds. Then there's our own personality, our own character traits. The things we do over and over again without even thinking about it. Bad habits, ways of talking, ways of thinking, ways of relating to people, and we just wish sometimes we could learn it all over again. And so we run, and we run, and we run away. We run, but we can't hide. Because I am still me, and no matter how fast I run, I can never outrun me. I think sometimes perhaps the psalmist felt this way. We reading. You can turn there with me to the, our scripture reading in Psalms 55. I'll read that again. Psalms 55, verses 5 through 8. Fearfulness and trembling have, over, have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Friend, are you weighed down by the past? 
Would you like to escape from it? I'll tell you. The Bible has the key to escape, and it's found in Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Like the prodigal son, we may have spent our lives running away from the only one who can truly give us rest. How long will we continue to flee? Don't flee from him any longer. Come to him and let him free you from your past. Are you burdened down today with cares and perplexities? So much so that you'd like to just run away from it all? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties or all your cares upon him, because he cares for you. Friend, we serve a loving God, and he cares for you and for me. Are you depressed by grief and sorrow? Do you feel cast off or forsaken? Jesus is still there. Even if you try to run from him, like Jonah on the ship, his spirit is still there. How much more is he there when we come towards him and come to him in faith? In Psalms chapter 11, verse 1, the psalmist asks, in the states, I should say, in the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? In other words, I have a solid rock. I have a foundation. The Lord is my strength. Who can scare me away? In Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Friend, no matter where we go, no matter how far we may run, the Lord is still right there with us. You can never, never, never run away from the Spirit of the Lord. You know, as I think of this story of the couple escaping from the fires in Gatlinburg, I also think about the fires of temptation. Friend, are you harassed today by temptation? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14, Paul exhorts the believers to flee from idolatry. What if, friends, what if we fled away from temptation as earnestly, as sincerely, as that couple 
fled from the fires that were about to consume their home. I think far too many of us see the flames burning outside the window, and we sit back. You know, I kind of like to see the fireworks show until it's too late to escape. James 4, verse 7, tells us to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Are you battered today with sickness and infirmity? Are you tempted to be discouraged under trial? Claim the promise in Isaiah 41. Let's turn there. Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. You, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its furthest regions, and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friend, God may not take away your trials. You know, he didn't prevent the three Hebrew worthies from being thrown into the fiery furnace. But in the presence of Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit and his angels, he will be with you in the same way that he was with them. Jesus said in his prayer for his disciples in John 17, 15 and 16, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Jesus, as he prayed this prayer, could see the time when his disciples would have to flee to the mountains of Judea. He could see the horrors of the destruction of Jerusalem. He could see the terrible persecutions during the Middle Ages. And yes, he could even see what you and I face today. You know, the angels came and sang at his birth, Peace on earth, goodwill to men. But that perfect peace and harmony here on this earth is yet future. Here we still see trials, temptations, terrible wars, and calamities all around us. But my friends, the angel message has not been lost. Christ did indeed bring peace on earth. By his life and by his death, he reconciled us to God so that we no longer have to flee from God's presence as Adam and Eve fled from God's presence in the Garden of Eden. We no longer have to flee from ourselves. God has given to you and to me the wings of a dove that we may fly to him and be at rest. Friend, would you like to have this kind of peace in your heart right now, today? Would you like to have this peace that passes all understanding? The peace that the angels sang about Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Loving Father in heaven, 
Lord, we thank you today for the gift that you gave in Jesus Christ to bring peace on earth, goodwill to men. And Lord, we thank you even more for the gift of your Spirit that speaks peace into our hearts, that we may fly to you and that we may be at rest in our hearts and in our minds. Help us this day and each day forward to have that peace in our hearts that passes all understanding. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.